Welcome to the only podcast that matters. Your co-host Michael Gorman, along with Mr. David Lee. Dave, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, I'm assuming that intro was uh, Joe Zombie singing. Rob Zombie with no, Joe Zombie. I'm assuming it's in uh, in in retort to to Joe's win. No. Oh, you don't uh, recognize that song, what it's been used for for the last 15 years, the most popular radio show in America, the most influential and important show. That is the opening theme song to the Howard Stern show. Howard re-signed for another five years announced on Tuesday. So that was an homage to Howard, the king of all media, MDG here. I am the king of no media. Thank you. Boom, 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 well, hey, we're gonna uh, we'll we'll keep it fairly brief. We it's just Dave and myself tonight, breaking it all down. So we're gonna talk about last week and what happened. Of course, um, we've got MDG's hot take or not take. We'll see what Dave thinks if it's a hot take or a not take. We're gonna talk about the playoffs, both the loser bracket and the winner bracket. And then we do have a very brief game that we'll do at the end for those that want to stick with us to the very end. So, Dave, let's just start off. You're on the line. I mean, we had two games in the winner's bracket last week. Uh, you were involved in one of them. It was it was extremely close for you. And at one point before the final game, so Monday night, we had games on Tuesday. On Monday night, we actually had the situation that we had both games. The score was 130 to 114. Um, but sadly, Dave, sadly, it is the end for your team. You made a nice run at it. It is. And it is. It was a, a uh, it was a defeat. You did. So I'm hoping you'll just give us a little bit of insight on how you saw it going. Well, I, I think the better team won. Joe, Joe's team has been really good all year long. He scored the most points, had the most brutal of schedules, and I'm happy that my guys hung in there. But I think he deserved the W here. When I have uh, Terry McLarnan, my keeper, put up uh, a staggering three points. <laughs> now, I did watch that game on Monday night, and he was double covered each and every time down the field with Pittsburgh. So it is what it is, but it was a good game. And uh, as has been the case a lot this year, the Green Bay Packers came through for Joe B. So kudos to him on that W. Such a Switzerland response. Hey, uh, for our podcast audience, who straight up called that the Redskins would beat, would win against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, you did. You did. You, you told Alan that they would. I didn't think it would happen. I, I didn't realize that uh, – Ben Roethlisberger would uh, not care about winning a football game, but apparently he did as well. And uh, not only did it cost me the loss in fantasy, it cost me a rather good chunk of change in the gambling. Uh, they are the they are the worst ten and O team you're ever going to see. Honestly, there there's just something wrong with them. Their running game isn't quite right. But hey, Dave, you had a good season. You've had better seasons, but to to make it this far, it's always a good thing. I I thought Joe was going to get get it completely up the ass it looked like the lead of the podcast this week would be the move that he made on the waiver wire just before kickoff on sunday 
he dropped that Logan. Is it Logan Thomas, the tight end for the skins? Logan Thomas, uh, college. Could you guess the college? Indiana. Actually, Virginia Tech, and he was the quarterback, not the tight end. He's a hokey. He put up, I think, 26 points, 31. I don't have it up. Well, actually, I, no, I don't because he dropped them. But he, I think it was like 29. He had a really 29. good game. And uh, Joe ended up putting this Hurst in, uh, not Hurst like your company, but uh, Hurst, H-U-R-S-T, Hayden Hurst, who I'll be honest, until this exact moment and I hit his name, I thought Hayden Hurst was an African-American gentleman, but it turns out he is not. But Hayden Hurst had one point, Uno. So, but Joe just, you know, you, the consistency is you, to your point with Aaron Rodgers. And then Jones, Jones had that 70 yard run that was out of nowhere. It would have been a lot closer had that not happened. But yeah. Yeah, that didn't give him the win, though. It's, uh, hey, I did, I went down swinging. I, I had the, I think a good pickup with Hilton, who came through big time. Didn't do much in the second half, but had a monster first half. And I gave him my best shot. And uh, I had a pretty good team. I had a rough go, <laughs> rough go of the first pick in the draft playing three weeks out of the entire year. And those things happen. But I am uh, not at all uh, upset. Is that with McCaffrey? Myself. Sorry? McCaffrey? McCaffrey, yeah. He played, he played yeah. three games. He scored, uh, I think it was an average of 29 points in the three games that he scored. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, I feel comfortable yeah. with my setup next year for uh, keepers. Maybe not as much as some other people that we might get into later, but good season, good game. Beautiful. I'm glad for Joe B. Happy hey, now. you're talking to the guy that made a trade that traded Patrick Mahomes, keeper Patrick Mahomes, for one season of uh, Barkley uh, uh, blowing out his knee or whatever happened that season. So you don't even have to tell me about that. Uh, and by the way, no sympathy for you on that exact matter. So the, the other game that mattered uh, to the championship, we'll, we'll get into the loser bracket here in a moment, was one of the two teams that, Dave, you've consistently told me throughout the season, the two best teams, the teams to look out for are Oon Booger's exclamation point, the Anthony Rapchinski vehicle, and uh, Hef's team, Detroit, another rebuild. Detroit, another rebuild. The king of mediocrity uh, finishes with 114 against, interestingly, the same point total that I ended up with. Uh, Joe and I end up both at 130. So he would have beat me on bench points if I had played Joe last week. But Hef goes down. What happened? Why did you think he was such a great team? And, and why did it all fall apart? So I think Hef does have a good team. And I think that we should say, not that he would have beaten you, but he did have three starters not playing in that game. One, his first round pick, which was Edward Tolaire, who was hurt. The second being Mike Evans, who would have absolutely scored more points than, yeah, every one of his uh, wide receivers, probably even more than Diggs at 19 because he had a bye. And you can't talk about Brady because he got 33 out of Tannehill. So that's covered, but he had a good team. Here's the argument that I'd make, and uh, Joe couldn't make it tonight, but he asked that I pass this along. He's added a tab to his stat sheet. It's actually made his stat sheet far more interesting, in my opinion, uh, over to the far right, um, and it shows season-ending point totals and, and standings and whatever. And the thing that he and I were looking at with Hef is Hef is the king of mediocrity. So points for, which is really the most independent, non-arbitrary measure of how your team is, points for. Because when you play other teams in your record, you know, that there's, there's a lot of luck that happens in that. So here's where Hef has finished at the end of the season in regular points for. Uh, this year he finished seventh. How could that be, though? Because he was in the playoffs. All right, I'm going to assume Joe's numbers are right. Oh, oh, because this is just your points for. It doesn't take your points against. Uh, you'd have to net the two. So in the rankings of total points, seven, seventh place this year, seventh place in 2019, seventh place in 2018, 18th place in 17, eighth place in 16. He actually was second place in 2015 and seventh in 2014, if I mispronounce it and said 18th place, I meant eighth place in 2017. So he should get a special trophy, which is called mediocre team of our league. 
And you know what? We have to have players like Hef. He's engaged. He's interested. He's good fun. He likes to get on the podcast. He pays up on time, I believe. Um, he's what we call cannon fodder in this league. We need more halves for those of us that like to lick the trophy every so often. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, look, the mediocrity played out this year. In reality, if we're not playing a roto league, this is who you're playing against and who you play. So the other interesting thing, and this would take a long time to do, but I would love to see if you played the correct team every week who would have led in points. Because Hef made a few mistakes along the way with guys on the bench, as did others. But let's be honest, it, it's 2020 is a brutal year in general. And having three of your starting players out in the first round of the playoffs sucks. All right. So, and I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't want to do what I'm going to suggest because we lose all of our history, but uh, CBS Sportsline which I'm in different leagues with, particularly for baseball. I mean, it's like 75 bucks, but it's worth the money. And one of the things that CBS Sportsline does is it tells you what your perfect lineup and your points would have been for your perfect lineup, which is, is exactly what you're talking about. Because, look, uh, fantasy football comes down to three things. I've always said this. Actually, there's a fourth ingredient. But the three primary ingredients, 33% is how you draft. 33% is how you look at the waiver wire over the course of the season. 33% is how you manage your team, you know, how you load your rosters. And that final 1%, is there 1%? 33.3 times three. All right, Mike V, if you're listening, there isn't, but the final 1% is luck. But no, that's it's a good point. But um, so the, the Chubsters move on. Really, the headline of my team, if I'm being honest, is not the, the title uh, players, Chubb and Cream Pie. It, it's really what I like to call my Air Force, Dave. It's my receivers. So I've got the number two ranked receiver in the NFL in fantasy football, the number five ranked receiver in fantasy football in the NFL, and the number nine, he might be number eight. So I'm talking about Adams, Hopkins, and Lockett. I don't even know how Lockett's that high, but he had the game where he had 56. He frustrates me, but it, what, what eventually carried the day for me is my wide receivers, as it does pretty much every week. And then I got lucky, the, the tight end that I got from Green Bay and the Johnny trade came through with 13, and that, that really was the difference maker. Um, along with Jesus, our Lord, who I always thank for every win that we get, Dave. All right. Well, come on. All right, let's move down to the other bracket. Chris and Garrison, holy fuck. She has been killing it. She was just a couple weeks too late, and that's where she uh, will channel her for a second. Well, I'm not going to do the full impersonation of her voice. I'm just going to speak it in my voice, which is, Hey, fucker, that's why my trades with John were so good. I wouldn't have gotten all those points without Watson, et cetera, et cetera. But she's put up some big freaking numbers. 165 to 122. Uh, it almost ensures that she won't finish in last place. Here's what I noticed. I was uh, mentioning to Dave before we actually put the record button on. She's really active on the waiver wire over the last few days, four or five transactions, which is unusual for someone in the loser bracket. So I did tell her offline that were she to finish in last place, the team name would be something really bad, probably involving, it'd be a sexual nature thing, but involving a Steeler player that would really hurt her feelings. And so she's gotten really motivated. Dennis, wow. Did he send it out to the full league or was it just to us? I think it was to the full league. He said he's quitting. Dennis isn't quitting. Dennis will be back. Dennis is not a quitter. I think that's a line from, hold on once. Can we pause for one second? All right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I'm not going to say fair enough because Joe's called me out on that, but Dennis has been in 
know what, what's this like the seventh season of this league, sixth season of this, uh, add in the number of baseball seasons, 12, he's tried to quit both twice each season. So there's 24 times he's quit. So I'm going to say he's probably not going to quit. I don't think he's going to quit. And I don't think his team this year was bad at all. I think it was really good. I think most people would think that as well. He had a yeah. rough go with Gurley this week. I get that. But you talked about it earlier. Kristen's team has been really stellar. And this week, she, I mean, Watson, who carried her through the last few weeks after the trade with John, only hooked up for 18 points. But the guy that scored 45 was the man you were after, Michael. I've the man you were after. I have had a boner for this guy in a non-sexual way since about week four, and she would not trade him. And she's smart because he's a keeper. So that's actually pretty sweet for her coming into the draft because I got to think he's tight end two or three. Yeah, he's number two. Uh, Kittle will be back. So he's going to be two or three next year when Kittle's back. But it's Kelsey. I would go out on the line and say that uh, 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns might be the top 20 for a season for a tight end, let alone one week. <laughs> well, and he's had he's had more good weeks than bad weeks. I mean, every tight end is going to have some inconsistent weeks. But that by far, that was his best week. But still, um, yeah, he's he's almost always in the double digits. He's had a few out of it. But. If you have better, imagine if he had a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Holy fuck. No, that's. We talk a lot of smack, you know, on the podcast and outside of the podcast about Kristen's fantasy prowess. But she put up 165 with 37 from Carr on the bench and 25 from Marvin Jones. So it's, uh, she's got a formidable team. Unfortunately, it's fighting for the non t shirt name your team league. Don't you think, right, but don't you think, plus the $50, don't you think if you're saying, hey, I'm all in on Waller, then you may as well throw a car in there because Waller's not going to get points without car getting points. Yeah, it's very true. Although the other side of it that she would probably say is uh, I'm diversifying my portfolio. If Waller has a bad day because Carr's having a bad day, at least I get some points out of Deshaun. So, all right, Kristen, we got you. Good job, Kristen. Big points. Uh, second matchup in the loser bracket johnny losing to al al has come on strong the last few weeks uh the beat off to al or off to al or i gotta the only this thing is the I weekly could, thing now this is the weekly thing now explaining the name right the only thing i could say i'm just gonna i'm gonna pull this out of uh, uh van had a lot to say last week and thanks for joining us van but i i thought the thing that really resonated was Al needs to change that team name. Now, the fact that I've encouraged it and Van means this team name will be back and he will never go off of this team name. But still, it was another nice win the week before. He had a decent number of points. Uh, Johnny, not as terrible as he usually is. Uh, he's been better in the second half of this season. Corey Davis, 35. That's nothing to sneeze at. And he's had Kelsey all year, so that's not bad. He and I believe this Dante Johnson is going to be a keeper for him. Uh, uh, as he probably should be, right? Yeah, it's, he is. Yep. I would imagine so. I dropped him, and I'm glad John picked him up. There you go. Yeah. So, Look, so let, let's talk about Al's team, though. Al has got some big expectations next year, right? He's got the number four overall rated running back in Robinson, keeper eligible, Justin and the number Jefferson. seven overall wide receiver in Jefferson. They're both keeper eligible. Big things expected well, from him. You got to keep Robinson. I'm not that excited about him just because of the team he plays for, but Jefferson, holy fuck. Oh, I, I, I think you're wrong on Robinson. I think they've got a lot of good wide receivers that will open up the middle for him over and over again. They're going to chuck the ball. They're going to be behind. You can't rebuild a defense in one year. Uh, I'm trying to see. Uh, Swift will not be available to him. I'm surprised. I, I thought he would have gone late enough. But yeah. Al's got something to build on. And I got to say, almost every team in this league this year is going to come into next year with some decent keepers. So it's it's going to be very interesting. But, okay, so Al um, pulls out the victory. John still has some chances to avoid the T-shirt. And I believe that COVID will have disappeared enough by draft time that we could potentially get together at the – they call it the new marquee, too. No, they don't. But there's been a lot of changes there. So I'm hoping that we will have an in-person draft party this year, especially after 
we've all stuck it together through this terrible global pandemic. And then Jay Fry, Wilson and the Wussies. Well, it was a good win, Jay Fry. And Mike V's just been handed not much to work with. 74. Look, he won the uh, survivor pool. So he won money this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even get our podcast. Like I mentioned, it looks like that text thread goes to Vince. So yeah, there's that. But uh, Cole Beasley, I heard today Cole Beasley is now the all-time record keeper in the NFL for receiving touchdowns for guys 5'8 or below. He broke the record set by uh, Sproles, the uh, New Orleans uh, Eagles. Is Sproles still in the league or did he retire? He might still no, be. No, he retired. San Diego to New Orleans. Oh, San Diego. That's right. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. 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 He's, he's like when you look up in the dictionary as if Webster's would have this. But if, the, if Webster's had. Is Webster a joke on Sproles being short or are you actually saying that? For uh, no, I didn't mean that. No. Oh, it's a double entendre. There you go. <laughs> I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Uh, if I was looking up change of pace back or third down back, it would be Sproles. It'd be his picture right there, all smiling. Uh, but yes, Cole Beasley with the flowing blonde mane. Uh, and Buffalo Bills, I like him a lot better now that he plays for the Buffalo Bills than when he played for the worst, most dreadful team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. Probably the second worst team in all professional sport. Maybe the worst. Uh, Hard to say. And by the way, can I just throw this in here? Having uh, nothing to do with nothing. But I got to say, the Buffalo Bills have been the boringest team to watch for years and years. They are must-see TV with this this Allen. I mean, you just don't know what. First of all, he's a very good player, and he's going to get better. Uh, look, he doesn't have the skills of Mahomes. You watch Mahomes, you just go, I've never seen a quarterback. I've never in my lifetime seen anything like it. I mean, he's a freak. He's a freak of nature. He's so young. But Allen, he is wild and he's good. He does crazy stuff. He's going to throw things this way, that way. I think if anybody, I've told Joe this, Mr. Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, if anybody can lead them to the promised land of a Super Bowl, it's Allen. It's Allen because he's the anti-Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly played everything book smart, not Allen. Allen, he's crazy. You never know what he's going to do from minute to minute. You got to admit, Dave, he's must-see TV. I, I, I totally agree. And, and I'll take it a step further to say that Mahomes is amazing. The system and the coaching that he has is also pretty amazing. So would Allen be as good in that system? No, I don't think so. I think Mahomes is special. But I think that uh, Allen is a really, really good quarterback. And look, Biennemi is going to be the top coaching candidate for all of the NFL this year. How he wasn't hired last year is unbelievable. But uh, we'll see. Racist. Racist league. No, it really is. I mean, you're whispering it, but it it truly is. How he does not have a coaching job right now is unbelievable. That's what I say about Hugh Jackson every day. You know, I always go, how does Hugh not have a job right now? Come on. Or Marvin Lewis. Come on. My hope every day is a fan of a city that hasn't won anything in a lot, a lot of years. (laughs) Correct the mistake that you made and bring Biennemi in. (laughs) <laughs> uh chris berman when when the enemy was actually a player used to he had some funny nickname if dennis was here i would allow him to do the chris Ber- i'm not gonna do the chris berman but sleeping with the enemy <laughs> exactly yeah uh and it's funny he's uh he's he's worked his way up and it makes me feel old because i remember when he was in college and don't ask me what college I don't remember now, Dave K state. I don't know where the hell he went somewhere in the Midwest, probably Baylor. Who are you talking about? The enemy. Holy Christ. I was like three years old. Oh, you don't know where he went. No. <laughs> well, thank God for that. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. This Mahomes, he, he really is a freak though. Uh, Dave. Yes. They've got a great system there, but here's the question. And here's what I don't understand. I, now, maybe baseball wouldn't figure it out. But Mahomes, we knew by the end of his rookie season when he got in the last few games, there was something special about him. And then 
obviously last year MVP is going to be MVP. Again no, I get it, but you're, he's working with masterminds. No, no, but Dave, here's, here's my point. If he's that great. Yes. He's working with masterminds. Andy Reed, he didn't do anything in Philadelphia. Come on. Let's calm down. <laughs> Are you serious? Here's the bigger question. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Here's the bigger <laughs> question. No, Andy Reed's a good coach. Here's the bigger question. What is wrong with the analytics and the drafting that, okay, you could say the Bears were idiots and whatever, but Trubisky, it wasn't just the Bears. He was the consensus early pick. No, it wasn't. The Mahomes. No, 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 no. Let me finish. A lot of teams had Trubisky as a backup for life. A lot of teams did. Not true. Okay, then, but how, what was Mahomes and Watson? Where, where were they drafted? They were in the teens, like 19, 22. Watson right? was drafted later because he was older. He stayed in school. Okay. And Mahomes was drafted later because they had him doing crazy shit at Texas Tech where you didn't know if he was a quarterback or not. Yeah, that's the that's my point is the evaluation system because it's clear right away. And I'll tell you what, and if you're listening to me out there, NFL, well, no one from the NFL is listening to me. But I knew that Sam Darnold, I knew he was going to be a mutt. And I knew the other one, the UCLA guy, Rosen or whatever, the Jewish kid that was here that got traded to Miami that's out of the league. I said, no good. And I said, this Herbert is going to be good. Dave, they should talk to me. And I, I knew I, Murray would be good. All right. Well, let's see what happens going forward. I think that Darnold will end up somewhere where he'll be a relatively good quarterback. He, uh, that team is terrible. Is going like, to be Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert good? Of course not. Like th- Those are legitimate first-round draft picks. And Lamar. I knew Lamar would be good. I remember watching that kid in college. He was insanely good. Don't ask me what college. Louisville. <laughs> I remember that. Hey, Dave. All right. Let's move this thing along. Enough with my shenanigans, nonsense. So rather than go into the game, I'm just going to take a half minute here to talk about our new feature. The game will come after the special game that we play every week will come after we preview this week's games. But this new feature that's going to be much loved, I'm sure, is called MGG's Hot Take or Dave Says It's a Not Take. So you're going to have to decide whether it is or whether it isn't a hot take. So, Dave, here, here's what I'd submit to you. Major League Baseball – well, hold on a second. Let me, let, me, let me restate this for one moment. So, here it is, Dave. This is what I think. Major League Baseball should move to a format like the English Football Association format. So, hear me out. Major League Baseball is in a crisis right now. All these teams are shutting down their affiliates. They're decreasing teams. And you know what? If you're in one of these minor league cities, it sucks. So if you don't know how English league football works, it's actually eight different leagues. Everyone's heard of the Premier League, Liverpool and Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, the Hotspurs, all, all these squads, right? But there's some more interesting things that happen with it. Below that, there are actually other leagues. There's eight other professional leagues. So below the Premier League, We've got the championship league below that. We've got level one, level two, level three. But what's so exciting about it is this idea, and I know you know about this, Dave, promotion and uh, relegation. So if you finish in the bottom three of your league, you're relegated to the league below you. If you finish in the top three of any league other than the Premier League, because you can't go any higher than the Premier League, then you get promoted to that next league. Can you imagine in baseball how exciting that could be? We could see teams, AAA teams, making it into the major leagues all of a sudden, Dave. Think about how exciting that would be. Now, look, this might sound a little un-American to you. It's not. The first use of promotion, this type of league format, promoting and relegating, was actually used in 1857 in the United States in the first leagues in the United States. It was called the NABBP, the National Association of Baseball Players. It was six years before the FA in England came up with this concept. So it was actually started by baseball in the United States. It would be taking us back to our roots. 
How hmm. exciting would it be if all of a sudden some AAA team or let's say some AA team works their way up to AAA and then the next thing you know, they make themselves into the major leagues. That happens in that happens with the Premier League all the freaking time. But here's how you got to do it. So they have this thing I know you know about. It. It's called the transfer window, the transfer window. And the way that works is we get rid of these in-season trades. We'd have two transfer windows, early season, late season. The way it works in professional football in the Premier League is there's one in January and there's one in July. But let's just say you're, you're a great player, but your team wants to sell you off. Like the biggest, uh, the biggest fee ever used in one of these was this uh, Mutt Ronaldo from Man U leaving the Premier League, going to Real Madrid, 80 million pounds, which at that time was like $100 million. That money goes into the coffers of the team. So these lower teams, they could develop their players, Dave, and they can make money selling them off. Don't even worry about the contract. That's up to the new team to figure out the contract. Uh, the other thing to think about with it is the academy system they have. So all of these Premier League teams and some of the lower level, they have academies. They start recruiting kids when they're 9, 10 years old. That's what baseball does in Latin American countries. So you have an opportunity to bring talent in, work them up, and then you could sell them. Then you sell them upwards. We could have a case where in the future, Boise is in the World Series. I don't even know what the Boise minor league team is, but that could happen. They could draft great talent or somewhere in the deep south we're not even thinking of. By the way, the transfer window, that's how it works with Japanese players, right? Yeah. Well, let's – <laughs> right. a couple of a couple of points here. Can I add one more thing before I'm done? And then you oh, talk. This is yeah. a way. One thing that is really concerning to me, and I don't know why, is the deficit of African American players in the major leagues. I really dislike that. We've lost so many great African American players to other sports, and if we had these academies and we started recruiting them at a very young age into our systems, we would get the black players back into the game. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, number one, this is a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> number two, we'll get into this after the podcast, but this will not work for multiple, multiple reasons, nor do I think it should. And uh, number three, <laughs> there's a reason that people choose other sports over baseball and they have got to figure that out. I agree with that a thousand percent. That is why you have people like Kyler Murray playing football. That is reasons why you have people like who else? Russell Wilson playing football, uh, but you, you can't, there's, there's a lot of things that you can't do that you just mentioned. <laughs> okay, here's my judgment. I don't feel like you brought much to the table and you're wrong and I'm right. And I will be sending a memo up to Rob Manfred because his sport is dying and I'm going to save it for him. So, all right, Dave, let's talk about the games upcoming this week. All right, so the first matchup, I like Young Hoes. Versus the team that I've been hearing all year, along with Detroit Rebuild, is the best team in the league. Mm, boogers, exclamation point. I don't know. ESPN has just added this win probability thing, which, you know, is bullshit like their projections. You can do the math of the projections. But it says after last night, Joe is 63% uh, likely to win. He did have a decent outing with Cup, considering Goff did not throw for that many yards last night. But look, I don't know what the projection was for Cup. It was probably in that range. So he's right on track. Um, Boogers has a huge problem in his lineup. Uh, I feel like it would be wrong for me to spell out what it is from a competitive thing. Joe would be mad, but um, there's, you do see the hole in his lineup, Dave. Uh... I, I think he knows about it because he picked up some guys on the waiver, but he's got somebody, uh, I'll just put it out there. He's got somebody who is out 
this week in his lineup right now. Antonio. Oh, you know, he, he's not going to let that happen. No, he, he picked up that, uh, who's that, a Hilton or whatever? I don't even know. Paris? I don't know what the guy, Paris Hilton, Hilton Paris? I don't know. He picked somebody up. But I got to tell you, Joe, he's been our best team all year. And I've been saying all year, the two teams to look out for, and I can go back and pick this up from this this podcast, the two teams I've been saying are Joe's team and Van's team. Eh, my team's not terrible, but those are the two teams to look out for. And here we have Anthony going against Joe. I think I think Joe's going to pull it out. Dave, what do you think? It'll be a really good uh, matchup. If Anthony on the side, I mean, Gibson's out, so he's going to replace him. Yeah, I think he is. He, oh, it's his Paris Barber. That's who he picked up. Not Paris Hilton. Not Hilton Paris Barber. Hilton Island. Hilton <sighs> Look, we're getting down to the, the the wire here. I think both of them are going to have uh, really good games. I think Allen against Pittsburgh is tough. I think Can it'll come down. You just say to- who you think is going to win and get on the record, Switzerland. I know it's hard for you, but. <laughs> You well, think, you've been saying Anthony all year, so I guess you're just going to be consistent with that. I think Anthony will win this game. Yeah. Okay. Um, should I think Joe will? So it sounds like we're both thinking there's no points required either way. Hundred bucks. So. All right, hundred dollars it is. And to the other uh, semifinal matchup, Chubb to Kareem Pie against the Sandman. Uh, the win probability, again, I think this is total bullshit, but it's 54% in my favor. I, I have no idea. I don't even know how to handicap this, roll some dice or something. I've got one of the worst fantasy quarterbacks, but I'm going to play him again, Matty Ryan. I'm going to tell you a few of my thoughts. Here's the other thing is, uh, on paper, I should play Jonathan Taylor instead of Kareem Pye. Um, he's projected to have more points in his last two games. He's been in the twenties and hunt has not hunt is going up against Baltimore, which is still, that hasn't been a great year for them, but their run defense is still pretty strong. Um, we've got Jonathan Taylor this week. He's got a fairly easy matchup in terms of run game against the Raiders. So on paper, I should do that, but I'll be honest with you. Not only is it my brand, Forget that. I've played Kareem Hunt every single game this year other than his bye week. Should I sit him this week and he gets 35 points and I lose, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. So I, th- I think you you show some loyalty to the players that, that got you there. I'd rather lose with Hunt than take the risk with Taylor. So I'm going to keep Hunt in there along with Kareem Pie. But really the reality of my team is not the running backs. You would think that from all the talk, but it's what I like to call the Air Force, which we talked about in the prior segment. But my wide receivers are are just insanely good. So you, you just don't know. But I, I think Hop this week against a very good New York football Giants defense, I think he's going to have a huge week because they didn't target him once in the first half. He was pissed. I think he's going to score a bunch of points for me. So my prediction is Chubb to Kareem Pie in the Super Bowl to lick the trophy, to lick the trophy against Joe B. Dave, do you have a projection on this match? No, I think you're going to win this week. And I think the the move that didn't happen that should have happened was I think Boyd should come out. And I think that uh, Brown should have moved in there. I think you should have played Acres. Why are you picking up Acres if you're not going to play well, him? Here's my theory, and Van, please uh, respond via text. I don't think he realized that Acres was playing last night. Otherwise, he would have had him in the line. Oh, you mean he didn't know the game was Thursday? Correct. Oh, okay. Why would right. he pick him up like that? Because even yeah. on paper, he was supposed to do better than um, I think both of his. Uh, both of his running backs certainly better than Drake. Drake's going to uh, really suffer against that that amazing New York Football Giant defense. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I would have left. The, look, it's if you're going to play a Bengal, you better be damn sure they're going to chuck the ball. And I don't know. I look, hey, maybe it comes through, but I think you're going to take this. Hey, did you see this uh, perfect 
got arrested on uh, weapons charges. <laughs> shocking, shocking. All right, well, we'll see how it goes. Good luck to that side of things. Dave, I'm not going to talk about your game with Hef because I don't care. It means nothing. There's no money at stake. I'm very sorry. So uh, we have in the loser bracket where there is money at stake, uh, your team name and a T-shirt. We've got off to Al against Burrow Deep. Burrow Deep's been very strong. So has Al. The projections would show that Al's going to win the game. Uh, Kristen had Robert Woods last night for eight and the Raiders head coach for five. So, or I mean, Rams head coach for five. Good call, Kristen, on that. Um, I don't know. Who knows? It's a, it's a coin toss there with those two. But here's what happens. Whoever wins that game is assured they will not finish in last place. And I'm pretty sure neither one of these teams will anyway. And then we've got uh, Wilson and the Wussies against fuck fantasy loser bracket. I'm going to quit for the 25th time. Dennis, Dennis Ruben Garza, I believe that's middle name. Or it might, his name actually might be Ruben Dennis Garza. Do you know? I don't. I think it, I think his real official first name is Ruben. Okay. Anyway, um, if Jay Fry were to win this matchup, he would be safe. Um, I, I, I don't know. These guys, it's going to be pretty close. Dennis is not, ha Dennis has the best team for the season that didn't make the playoffs. Kristen has the best second half of the season team that didn't make the playoffs. So despite the fact that ESPN is saying that Wilson and the Wussies will win, I'm going to say that Dennis Garza will win and actually ESPN agrees with me now that I look at it again. Dave, anything else on this? Man. No, I, I'm in agreement with that. I, it, I feel really bad for uh, <laughs> Wilson and the Wussies, but it is what it is. And then finally, we've got Mike V and Johnny Boy in a matchup that is of the worst of the worst. The two teams that lost with the lowest points totals. Uh, basically, my thoughts on this game is who cares? Although it will be interesting to see who finishes last because I don't know how much Mike V is going to play and buy into the whole last place we get to rename your team and you must wear a shame shirt and all this kind of thing. But yeah, uh, here's the one thing I did want to mention from Joe's very interesting spreadsheet that he sent out the final standings by year, the points for and the points against. I find this so hard to believe, but John, he back in 2017, he had the second most points in the league in the regular season points for now. He also was like, we had a 14-team league then, and he was like 12th or 13th in total points against. So, I mean, he finished like 12th in the league that year. But still, again, as we said early on, really the ultimate test is points four. I can't believe he finished with second in a year, Dave. That's shocking to me. That was a good team. That was not the year that he claimed that he had a stable of running backs, but it was one of the years that he decided that he should bet me right after the draft and lost. That wow, it is what it is, but Mike V put up two with a running back, so it's that's a tough comeback. That, that's a, a tall climb to win this week. So, Dave, I want to plant the seed on one thing here. Um, I do think we should talk about rules way sooner than the start of the season. And one thing I want to toss out there is the idea, much like a transfer window, that we open up the trading window one month before keeper deadline. Let's just see what people can come up with. Let's make it interesting. Of course, I'm going to try to talk everyone into an auction draft and I'll be unsuccessful, but I do think the trading window would make things sort of interesting. So I just want to plant the seed on that. Dave, are you ready? Is there anything else in fantasy football you want to talk about? or Are you ready for the game to end this podcast? Here we go. All right. So, this is an objective game, which I know you like that. And it's about baseball again. It's about baseball. So, Dave, I'm going to name some baseball parks from olden years. I would like you to tell me what city these parks are in. I have a feeling you'll do very well at it. I'll be disappointed if you do not. Um, 
Sportsman Park. Sportsman Park. Sportsman Park? Sportsman Park. I have no idea. Oh, I'm surprised. That was the home of the St. Louis Browns and also the Cardinals for over 25 years. It eventually got redesigned into Bush Park. Huh. Okay. I think you'll know this one. Uh, two names it's known by. More famously, Connie Mack Stadium, but also Scheib Park. Scheib Park. But Connie Mack Stadium? Kansas City? I don't know. Nope. Uh, oh, wow. I'm surprised. Uh, that'd be Philadelphia. Um, the Philadelphia Athletics, which is the original home of the Athletics. So good call on Kansas City because they passed through there on their way to, to Oakland. But uh, Connie Mack, longtime manager of the A's, they named the stadium after him. And then the Phillies played there for most of the 50s and 60s and 70s until they built the vet. All right. This one you'll know. Forbes Field. Forbes Field? Forbes Field. Why should I know that? Ah, I thought you would kill this game. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. They're only going to get harder. Well, uh, Pittsburgh, that's where the Pirates played until they built uh, Three Rivers. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not good at uh, where baseball teams play in roughly 30 that to 40 one, skip that one. I feel like you'll get this one. Palace of the Fans. <laughs> well, that is Cincinnati, I do believe. So what a great name that is. That's where the Reds played from 1902 to 1912. The Reds played in the exact same location, three different stadium names, actually four technically. Uh, it was Redlands Field. It was the Palace of the Fans, which is the greatest name for a baseball stadium ever. Um, it was something else I don't remember. And then, of course, Crosley Field, most famously, uh, on the west side, near west side of uh, Cincinnati. They played there from 1876 when they were technically the first professional team until the 70s when, when you built that 1970, I think that shit palace known as Riverfront. Okay. Uh, well, this game's not fun. I don't feel like you're not, I'm not even going to ask the harder ones. Huntington Avenue grounds, Huntington Avenue grounds. Anywhere? Well, Huntington to me means West Virginia, but I know there's no team there. So I don't know. Uh, Pittsburgh. Was that a no? On the line, Tessie always carried them away. Up the road from the base to Huntington. That, was that supposed to mean something? From third base up to Huntington. The Huntington Avenue grounds. That's where the first World Series played in 1901 in Boston. That's where the current home of Northeastern University. Well, I'm not going to ask you the other ones because they're actually even harder. One of them was Six Stadium. Six, six, S-I-C-K-S, Stadium, which was the longtime home of the Seattle Rainiers. And then in 1969, became the home of the expansion Seattle Pilots, a major league team that spent one year there before Bud Selig took them off to Milwaukee and they became the Brewers. But if you want to go look for that stadium, which I have, it's now a Lowe's. And out in the uh, uh, what, lumber section is where home plate was there, which is super cool. And that's what I want to say. Anyone that wants to be involved in ever, I talked to Dave about this. I think it's one of the greatest ideas ever is we go find some of these old timey stadiums when COVID's gone, some sort of a middle America trip around to find these stadiums, Forbes field. That's where uh, Bill Mazurowski hit his famous home run. And it's now like a tenement in Pittsburgh, apparently, but you can still, there's still a plaque against one of these tenement, well, they call them projects, whatever the people call them. I don't know what's politically correct anymore, but yes, that'd be fun to find those places. Understand America, understand our roots, understand baseball, Dave. Dave, I think we've said enough. That game was a total disaster. The last two games have been terrible. From now on, the only game I'm playing is either or. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, I know a, a little bit about sports facts. I love baseball, but I don't know that. So I will uh, bone up on my uh, old school stadiums and I'll be back next year.
That's what she said. Boom. All right. All right. Uh, well, let's see how things work out. Um, the, the league is obviously getting trimmed down. So we'll be playing taps for a couple people next week. Hopefully I'm not one of them. Uh, we'll see what happens. Good luck to everyone in all of your matchups, except for Dave and half, because you're the, you're actually the only two teams not playing for money this week. Everyone else is still playing for money of some sort. I'm very sad about it, Dave, but yeah. Hey, um, here's what I want to say to everybody here. Thank you for joining us. And we had rain over the last 24 hours for the first time in 110 days. And before that one day we had, it was 105 days. So we love it. Let's just play a great song here. Everybody knows this song except Dave and 90% of the podcast. See y'all later. It's called Fool in the Rain. <laughs>